This is the Booze Tutor Podcast, and class is in session here on the WGOB Network. So, like we always do about this time, grab yourself a chair, get comfortable, pull it up, and let's get that medicine in you. And if you happen to be joining us for the first time here on the Booze Tutor, this is an educational podcast, and we put the air quotes around educational, uh, where we go episode by episode, style by style, looking at uh, different beers throughout the world. And so we run out of beer styles, and then we'll move on to other forms of liquor, whether it be vodka, tequila, wine, whatever whatever you like. All information delivered in this podcast is brought to you by the BrewDex app, by Beer Advocate, by the Beer Judge Certification Program, Style Guidelines, and of course, just plain old real-life knowledge that I've picked up along the way on this uh, great beer journey of ours. So this time, we're going to stay on the great continent of North America. And this session, we're going to split it into two parts, like we did with our very first session, uh, the Standard American Lager and the Light Lager, because these two styles are both fairly new, and they, uh, you know, complement each other. So this time, we'll look at the American wheat beer, as well as its cousin, sort of, on its mother's side by adoption, the American wheat wine ale. So first up, let's take a look at the American wheat beer. The American wheat beer as a style is another relatively new style, comparatively speaking, uh, not unlike the cream ale from last time. Uh, it's been described in certain places as a toddler, as far as beer styles of the world are concerned. Uh, wheat, and the use of it as a brewing ingredient, however, really stretches back to the nearly the beginnings of agriculture. Uh, in fact, there is some evidence to, to support the fact that wheat uh, was being used as an ingredient in as far back as the Babylonian times, if really not even earlier. There's ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics that have been found in uh, Egyptian tombs that illustrate wheat as one of two different grains used. If you fast forward to more modern times, and the most common styles of wheat-based beer come from, uh, from the Germans as well as the Dutch. As far as the United States is concerned, Anchor Brewing, which is really one of America's oldest breweries, uh, they did release their Anchor Summer Wheat uh, back in 1984. That style didn't really take hold in the U.S., though, until probably the, the mid-1980s or so, uh, when Widmer Brothers uh, from Portland, Oregon, began brewing a Bavarian-style Weizen. Now, Weizen, for those that don't know, is just a, the German term for uh, wheat. So it's a term meaning wheat. So at its core, the simplest definition of an American wheat beer is it's the American interpretation of a German Weizen. I mean, it doesn't get much simpler than that. Of course, though, it is more, you know, more difficult than that. The American version of the wheat beer tends to use a cleaner yeast and more hops, like a more hoppiness, than its European counterparts. In fact, the Beer Judge Certification Program says uh, the American wheat should be brewed with clean American ale or lager yeast. I'm quoting directly from them here. Uh, and the actual German Weiss beer yeast is considered inappropriate to the style. So there you go. You can't have any part, you know, you're not trying to create a German Weiss in here. It's, it's very much the American version. Now that said, the American wheat beer is brewed with a a very large proportion of wheat malt. It's usually between 30 and 50 percent 
skewing probably more towards the 50%. Um, and that ratio is, but still that ratio is lower than your typical German Weiss beer. However, that said, when it comes to the hops, uh, it's not uncommon for, for German hops to be used in the American wheat, um, along with your, your typical American hops, New World hops, pretty much close to any hop, really. The, the style is somewhat similar to the cream ale, but on a far larger scale, the boom of craft breweries, the American craft revolution, it's led to a lot of experimentation and therefore a wide range of, you know, what's to be expected when calling something an American wheat beer. And by that, I mean, there's really many, many, many vari- uh, variations on the style. You can get something that's uh, easy drinking, you know, fairly sweet beer all the way down the line to something that's more uh, dry, uh, something more aggressively hopped, and something with more of a a strong wheat flavor. So you can have something very muted, you know, very fruity, easy to drink, all the way up to, you know, an aggressively weedy, kind of chewy sort of beer. So what would you generally expect to see when you pour an American wheat? It should pour a pale yellow, almost straw to goldish color. The clarity of the beer, however, it can range wildly. So it can be uh, something really brilliant and clear, all the way down to outright hazy from the yeast. Not in the way that you would think of, you know, today's hazy IPA type of bomb, but still, you know, like a, a yeast haze. It should have a head that is basically white in color, uh, and it's going to be both big and long-lasting. Now, as you're beginning the journey uh, to your mouth with the beer, it's going to stop at your nose, and you're going to get somewhat of a moderate, uh, maybe even a lower kind of grainy note. Uh, You should also have a bready, doughy, weedy, if that's a word, character to the aroma. Uh, There can be a light to moderate sweet maltiness in the beer. Uh, It's actually considered acceptable. Esters, which we talked a little bit about last time, uh, if you recall from last time, it's the fruity flavors that are produced uh, produced during fermentation. There can be some in here too. They can be moderate, really all the way down to just non not existent at all. Now, if there are any, it should be it should basically be neutral uh, to reflect kind of the neutral yeast strains that are in the beer. Now, this is the, your big stark contrast to European versions of the the wheat beer style. Any banana aroma, it's considered inappropriate. So if you ask the typical person, you know, about a Hef, you know, a Hefeweizen uh, or a Weiss beer, a lot of times people talk about banana and cloves. So that's, that's the two most, uh, the, the two aromas or the two tastes that hit people right away. In this style, both of those are inappropriate. They should not be there. Uh, you can have a low to moderate sort of hop aroma with the American version of this beer. And it can have a range of characters from, you know, fruity, spicy, floral, even citrusy, kind of all over the map, based on the fact that, again, you can use pretty much any variety of hop to brew the beer. Again, there should be no clove notes, though. The clove notes are unacceptable in this style, uh, right alongside the banana. You don't want any banana or clove, because then you're drinking a German Weiss beer. So now it's in your mouth. Let's talk mouthfeel. <laughs> the body uh, is going to be medium though it could skew medium light, a little bit thinner. Uh, Carbonation is going to be high. It's going to be medium high to high. There's going to be a lot of carbonation here. 
And wheat beers can sometimes um, have a, a softness, a fluffiness, even like a soft fluffiness in the mouthfeel. And they can certainly have a more creamy character or texture. The flavor is typically going to be light to moderately strong, kind of bready, doughy, grainy, weediness. Again, I use that word, and I'm not sure if it's a word. Um, and that, and those flavors can linger all the way from the first, you know, from the minute you sip it all the way to the end of the sip. That same doughiness and stuff can can just travel right through the whole sip. Now, speaking of the finish of the sip, the American wheat beer, it's going to finish with a moderate kind of malty sweetness, or it could even finish quite dry. Any bitterness from the hops should remain very low to moderate and can also last into the finish like the, um, like the weediness. I just like saying weediness. Uh, generally, the, the beer's balance should be even, but it can occasionally skew towards like slightly bitter. Um, as far as hop flavor, like I was just talking about, it should be low to moderate, like we said, but it can be described anywhere from fruity to citrusy to floral to spicy, just like you get in the aroma. Again, because you can use any, basically any variety of hop to brew the beer. So as you would expect, you can get essentially any, uh, any flavors from the hops. The esters can be moderately present again, just like they can in the aroma. Uh, generally though, there's going to be none and there should never, ever, 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 ever be any banana flavor. Uh, and also clove, there should be no clove flavors either. So that's the key here. No banana, no clove. Your finish is going to be slightly crisp also. And that ends your tasting experience of the American wheat. So uh, it's vital statistics. It's somewhere between 4 to 5.5% ABV, alcohol by volume. That's uh, considered the range for the style. Between 15 and 30 uh, IBUs, your bittering units. And somewhere between 3 and 6 in the SRM. Still, still, still a fairly light beer. Again, watch out for the haze. You can get some haze in this one. Everyone's favorite part, right? The food. What does it pair with? Well, it's still going to pair with uh, lighter food best. So still we're talking about your salads um, and your vegetables, you know, vegetable platters, that kind of thing. goes well with sushi, uh, mozzarella cheese. I saw somewhere buffalo mozzarella, which I thought was interesting. Um, and then other creamy cheeses. And even if you, if you want to have it with dessert... You're looking at like a like a bowl of mixed berries go fairly well with the uh, the American wheat. Your commercial examples that you'll find out there: you got, uh, Three Floyds, Gumball Head, um, Bell's Oberon Ale, Harpoon Hef, Hefeweizen. Um, let me think. Anchor Summer Wheat. We talked about the Anchor a little bit. The a uh, member of the Evil Empire, as everyone calls them, Goose Island, uh, with their 312 Urban Wheat, and then of course. The, the one that, you know, kicked it all off, Widmer Brothers and their Hef. So overall, what have we learned here? The American wheat is considered a clean and refreshing wheat beer uh, with more hop character and less yeast than the German cousins. And you can expect a bready, doughy, grainy, and my favorite, weedy uh, flavors, but never the banana or clove that you're going to expect when you hear wheat beer. And I guess we would be remiss if we didn't spend at least one minute here talking about uh, Widmer Brothers, since it's pretty pretty widely accepted that they're the pioneers of this style, uh, the American wheat beer. Uh, they, they were founded in 1984 in Portland, Oregon, by two brothers behind the name, so Widmer Brothers, 
The brothers are Kurt and Rob Widmer. And it only took them two short years to brew what would become uh, not only one of their flagship beers, but a beer that would essentially usher in a whole new style to, to, to America. In 1986, uh, they introduced their Hefeweizen to America. And I'll read you the description from their website. It says, Meet the beer that started it all. Widmer Brothers' naturally cloudy flagship brew starts with the highest quality wheat. Its bold, clean flavor and pronounced citrus and floral aromas are what define American-style Hefeweizen. So pour yourself a cool, cloudy glass, finish with a lemon, and enjoy the original. So this is uh, a beer that you fruit. I don't know. I know people feel certain ways about fruit in their beers, but this one is just one that you fruit. Uh, it's brewed with alchemy... Uh, Willamette and Cascade hops, and your pale Munich wheat caramel malts. I'm a fan, and I definitely recommend it. It's out there in the world, people. So uh, if you find it in the store, pick it up. It's worth a try. Now, all that said, let's move briefly into an even more recent addition to the beer world. It's the American Wheat Wine Ale. The Wheat Wine Ale is an interesting beast because it's technically a member of both the Wheat Ale subset and the Strong Ale subset. And in fact, the Beer Judge Certification Program style guide lists the American wheat wine uh, technically in the strong ale category, which we'll spend a little bit more time on down the road. The American wheat wine was first brewed all the way back, way back in 1988 uh, at the Rubicon Brewing Company in Sacramento, California. As you might expect, it's typically a winter seasonal or a vintage or like a one-off type of release. And it's uh, similar to the wheat ale and really even the cream ale in that the frequent experimentation by these breweries of the style, uh, it's really led to a wide range of interpretations of what it means to be an American wheat wine. Uh, Like the wheat beer also, the wheat wine is brewed with a large amount of American wheat. But here the ratio is going to be more like, you know, 50% or more uh, wheat malt as opposed to the 30 to 50% in the wheat, uh, the wheat ale, the American wheat. And again, any variety of hop is acceptable to, to brew this style. Some examples of the style too may also, they may also be oak aged a little bit like, uh, like barley wines can be. And in fact, wheat wine, it's often compared to barley wine, uh, in many ways, except that it's, you know, 50% wheat malt as opposed to the barley. Um, wheat wines, they tend to be lighter in color. They tend to be higher in ABV and alcohol by volume. And they tend to be more moderately bitter when comparing them to barley wines. Uh, and speaking of the lighter, the lighter color, uh, any dark malts that you would use, they should be used with great restraint here uh, because you don't want to produce too, too dark of a beer. Because of the newness of the style and all the experimentation of breweries, some of the examples out there of a wheat wine, they could be, they could be outside your typical vital statistics as the BJCP calls it the beer judge certification program, uh, it can be outside of those, those statistics for the style. So what's a wheat wine all about? What's it, what's it look like? What's it smell like, feel like, taste like, sound like, I don't know. Uh, the color can range from a gold to a deep amber color, though it does tend to lean lighter. Uh, and, and interesting with this style of beer is that there's often like garnet or ruby highlights through the beer. The head is going to be low to medium. Generally, it's off-white in color. Uh, and again, you're going to have some good retention here. And you're going to see on the head a texture that almost appears creamy. The style itself isn't hazy. You know, so like the, the wheat beer, you can have like natural haze. 
Uh, this style isn't hazy, but you can get some chill haze. Uh, that is a, it's allowable for the style, but it should clear up as the beer warms. Um, the high viscosity and alcohol in the style can really be visible in uh, like legs that appear when the beer when the beer is swirled in a glass. I'm not going to leave you behind. I know you're saying, "What are legs?" Legs. If you're if you're familiar with wine, it's the same sort of idea. The easiest way to describe it is uh, it's the the thin sheets of liquid that uh, cling to the glass and kind of run down the walls of the glass when you swirl the beer. That's probably the easiest way to describe it. If there's any big-time wine people out there, I'm sorry if I just butchered that description. Uh, there should be a mild hop aroma here. Again, uh, it can be almost any aromatic, just like with the wheat beer, uh, you know, spicy, floral, citrusy. You're going to have a moderate to moderately strong, bready, weedy, malty character. And often there's going to be an additional kind of malt complexity. So you might get a little bit of like a honey or a caramel in the aroma. Now this is the first style that we've discussed in our short series here. That's, that's going to have your alcohol aroma. So it should have a little bit of an alcohol aroma, but it should still be like a light and clean there can be fruity notes again. Um, they can be present, but they should be low to medium. And there can be a diacetyl note, which is uh, it's acceptable in very low levels, but it's it's certainly not required here. But it can be there. So, and diacetyl is uh, somewhat like the esters. It's a natural byproduct of fermentation. It can give off the taste of like um, butter or butterscotch. There should never be any of a Weissen yeast character, which is your, again, your banana or your clove aroma. None of that should be here. When we talk mouthfeel, it should be a medium full, all the way up to like a full bodied feel. Uh, and, and you can almost have like a, um, like a chewiness even. And there's going to be kind of a velvety texture to the beer. The carbonation is going to be low, generally speaking. It can be up to moderate, but it's going to be sort of low, low more lowly carbon, more. Well, I'm all right. More lowly carbonated. Um, you can get some alcohol warming, just like we talked about with the aroma. There's going to be alcohol here, but again, it should still be in more light amounts. Although it can be moderate as well. Flavors. The flavor here is going to be a sort of a moderate, uh, moderately high weedy malt. Um, and that weediness, it should be dominant o- over any of the hop character. So it shouldn't be like the the hoppiness shouldn't be as acceptable as it would be in the American wheat. There can be a low to moderate breadiness, toastiness, even a caramelly or honey malt note. And there can be some complexity here, with the, with a, especially with the caramel and the honey notes. You can have a, a low to medium hop flavor, uh, and it can reflect, like we said before, any variety of hop. But that, that weediness should overpower the hop flavor. You can have uh, all the way up to moderately high fruitiness. Typically, though, it's more of like a dried fruit variety than, than you would think of as like a fresh fruit. Uh, and bitterness from the hops should range from low to moderate. And as a result, the wheat wine can range anywhere from malty to really evenly balanced. But it should definitely never be syrupy. Strangely, there can be some oxidative flavors here, which are considered acceptable. And you're going to get like light alcohol notes as well. Uh, and the alcohol notes should still be clean and smooth, uh, but still complex. 
And of course, that oak character will be there if you come across any of these that have been uh, barrel aged in oak, which is not uncommon, but it's certainly not a requirement of the style. As far as the stats go, you're going to be ABV wise, alcohol by volume, you're going to be between 8 and 12%, somewhere in that area. Uh, the bittering units, I found a couple of discrepancies here. So, uh, according to the Beer Judge Certification Program style guidelines, who we tend to lean on for this stuff, it can be between 30 and 60 IBUs. But I've also seen it listed uh, between 45 and 85 IBUs. So it's probably indicative of this being a new style and everybody experimenting with it, like we said in the beginning. And your SRMs, again, there's a little bit of a change, a little bit of a discrepancy here, but you're going to be somewhere between five and eight, all the way up to 15 for the SRM. This this particular beer pairs very well with uh, pungent food, tangy foods, that kind of thing. There's a lot of cheese, you know, gorgonzola cheese, uh, Limburger, feta. Um, also grilled game meats this pairs well with and strangely like a caramel popcorn uh, it's very good as well some commercial examples of this so you're, your Fort Collins wheat wine ale uh, New Holland Pilgrim's Dole Bell's Wheat Love is out there Smutty Nose's Wheat Wine Ale and unfortunately I mean we would talk about Rubicon a little bit here the, the pioneers of the style but Rubicon Brewing went out of business um, but their style, their wheat wine was the pioneer of the style. So the wheat wine ale, in conclusion, it's a, it's a higher alcohol sipping beer, which is the first one that we've come across so far. It's going to have a rich, a rich texture, a bready flavor, and an interesting complexity from malts and hops and the fruity yeast characters, as well as some of the alcohol complexity. But what you'll see is that both of these styles are definitely examples of American ingenuity. With that, the clock on the wall seems like it's uh, it's about time to get out of here. So I just want to take a minute and tell you a little bit about what's going on in the world of Gorillas of Booze. We're gearing up for our big season two of Gorillas of Booze TV return from hiatus. So if you want to check that out, find us on YouTube at WGOB Network and subscribe. Uh, we have It's the home of all of our video world for the Gorillas of Booze. You'll find our episodes of Gorillas of Booze TV there, as well as all of our quick hits and one shots. And of course, WGOB Network here on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever you find us. That's the home of the audio version of the Grills of Booze, uh, which will be debuting our first ever episode of Grills of Booze Radio to coincide with the, uh, the, the return of Grills of Booze TV. So we'll be releasing the two of them as kind of a, a celebration. It's also the home of the Booze Tutor, like you're listening to now. And we're putting the finishing touches on a couple other audio shows, so... We'll be flooding your eyes and ears with content in no time. And of course, for all things Gorillas of Booze, you can find us all over the internet on social media, at Gorillas of Booze on Instagram, at Booze Gorillas on Twitter, Gorillas of Booze on Facebook, Gorillas of Booze on Vero. That one's a joke. The bell means it's time to get out of here, so I'm going to let you go. But be sure you join us next time as we take a look at a very, uh, we stay in North America rather, and take a look at another very American style, the California Common. With that said, my name is Doug. I represent those gorillas of booze. This is the Booze Tutor. See you next time.